Welcome to the Straight from the Source's Mouth podcast. Frank talk about sex and dating. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 18 of season two, our first episode of the season. My name is Tamara, and you're listening to the Straight from the Source's Mouth podcast. Today's guest is Lucy Price, who will be talking about mindset, emotional intelligence, and embodiment around relationships and dating. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am glad we re- we worked it out to have our time together. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's just get started. I know we talked about three things, so I want to just start with the first. What or, I, or you can either start with talking about mindset or how you got into this field in general, because you're a relationship coach and yeah. environment. Yeah, absolutely. So I got into this field in general. So when I very first started out in coaching and and mentorship, I was actually more geared towards uh, health coaching. So before, before coaching was even a thing for me, I was a yoga instructor, a fitness instructor, and I was just going through a program at the time for health coaching. And so when I very first started out in coaching, it was very much geared towards health health coaching, which then transformed into me wanting to support people with anxiety and depression, especially because when that face of my work came into fruition, it was at the start of the pandemic. And that was the thing that a lot of people were struggling with at the time. And as time went on, I realized that people kept coming to me for similar things and that was really sort of dancing around relationships. So it was either coming out of a toxic relationship, healing from relationships, wanting to improve the relationships that they were in, but it was very much focused around relationships. And so how I enter this work and how I look at this work is you you only have control over how you show up and in what you do and how you bring yourself to the table. And so I really work with people in uh, reclaiming their own power in their relationships, reclaiming their own power in their life. And for me, part of that breaks down into the mindset, the emotional intelligence and the embodiment of a person. So and that's how I entered into this work. It was mostly, oh, I see a trend in what people are coming to me for. And these are three of the ways that I know that they can be really supported. And so that's what I will go forth in into the future. Um, so that's how it all came into fruition. And I think those, like, if anyone's ever looking to deepen their enrichment of life, uh, to look at those three things, because I think that's the foundation for how you show up. Yeah, I can totally see that. And yeah, I've read books. And I also I usually talk about books I've read too that kind of promote what we're talking about as well. So maybe at the end, if you mm-hmm. have any books that you think are really um, yeah. great on that topic, and then also we can put it in the description of the tag thing as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So did you want to start with mindset now or does or whichever one you want to start with? <laughs> what do you what yeah, do you usually I mean- what comes up with it? Yeah, well, when it comes to mindset, I think that a lot of people, when in regards to relationships, a lot of people go through experiences in their childhood, go through experience in their young adulthood that really sort of solidifies how their mindset of relationships, either by what a balance is in a relationship or what they expect to happen in arguments, for example. Like if someone does this, it means this is going to happen. And so when people come to me for relationship um, struggles or they are healing from relationships, the, the very first thing I 
ask them is what is your beliefs about relationships and what is your beliefs about this person or this situation or what you are meant to do or not do here or should do or should not do here. And we just get a a really big look at what is the underlying beliefs and thought processes that are leading to these behaviors. Because when you look at patterns, they start with thoughts and feelings. Thoughts and feelings influence each other, and that's the mindset and the emotional intelligence, which then leads into your behavior, which then leads into the patterns that you create in your relationships. So we look at the thought process. What is the actual beliefs you hold about these things? Because if you believe that you are meant to show up in a particular way, but what you want, what you desire is counteractive to that belief, then the chance of you actually fulfilling what it is you desire are low because it's not within your belief system of possibility. So that's what we look at very first right off the bat is like, what is the beliefs you hold? What is your thought process about things? And is that in support of what you want to create and what you want to be true? Or is that in support of where you are and what's keeping you stuck and what you don't like about your relationships or your life at the moment? Yeah, I can see that it's very helpful. And knowing the difference between the two is probably where people get stuck, I would imagine. Yeah. And then once you point that Absolutely. out, like, oh. Yeah. And I think it all comes, it all starts for, from the awareness of it. So I have something that I use with my clients called APA, which is awareness, presence, and alternative actions. And the very first thing is you have to be aware of your thought processes before you can even like sit with it and question it. If you don't know something is happening, then it's hard to even question it. So that's what that is. It's bringing the awareness to the situation of what are the actual thoughts that are running through your head in regards to this subject or this particular thing. And then being present with it, questioning it, asking yourself if it's true, if you want it to be true. And if you don't want it to be true, if it's not supporting you, then choosing something else. So taking alternative action towards what you actually want to be true. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and there is there more on mindset or is that kind of or they, I know they probably all run together or, or similar. Yeah, or I mean, feed all each other. of these all of these run it run together. Like life is very holistic, right? So you might have a thought about something and you might have a different feeling about something, and that might be, you know, dictated by whether you ate that morning or not, and whether you're in a certain mindset that day in terms of your own um, kind of ecosystem internally. And and so I think it is all very holistic. But in terms of mindset, like if if you know that you want a certain type of relationship, but you have thoughts that are blocking that, then I would ask, like, I would invite whoever's listening to reflect on what beliefs you actually have, what thoughts you actually have, reflect on what it is that you desire, and then ask yourself, what thoughts, what belief systems would I need to have about relationships, about dating, about insert the blank here, um, what, what is the thoughts and beliefs I need to have in order for that to be true for my life? And those are then the thoughts and those are then the belief systems that you will want to start incorporating and sinking into in your life. Yeah. Cause we, we talked a little bit right before we started recording that about sabotage and I'm mm-hmm. guessing it falls into this where you want a certain things, but you're doing things that are counter to that. And then you can't stop exactly. yourself from doing things counter to that. So and and you can be aware that you sabotage, but how do you actually stop doing this stuff <laughs> that you know is yeah. harmful? Well, to stop self-sabotage, I look at that from two different angles. I look at that from the micro and the macro. Um, so like micro in the moment and macro big picture overall. 
So in the moment, if you are starting to notice that you're doing a little bit of a self-sabotage thing. So for example, I'm, I'm, I get home from work. It's been a long day. I see that there are dishes in the sink that I asked my partner to do this morning. He said he was going to do it, and then he didn't do it. And we have this, this pattern of getting into arguments about this thing. As soon as you see the dishes, and as soon as you know you have this reaction where you just want to yell at your partner, in that moment, you can decide to do something different. Like you can decide to take a breath. You can decide to go for a walk. You can decide to bring him into the room and have a calm conversation about it. Like there are a lot of different options you can do, but the self-sabotage tends to come in when someone knows their pattern, when someone knows their habit, but they, they still do the same thing anyway. And so in the micro moments, it's about catching yourself and about asking yourself, like, what is it that I ultimately want here? What is it I want overall in my relationship? And is this moment going to contribute to what I want overall? Or is this moment going to contribute to what has been happening and the frustrations that have been happening in that situation? So there's the micro there. And then the macro is like the, the more um, focus mindset work around big belief systems that you have. And so in it, that could look like writing out all your thoughts of what you think it means that your partner didn't do the dishes and then questioning those beliefs and flipping those thoughts into something that would be more supportive. So if you're looking at self-sabotage, it's both in the moment work and, um, focused work outside of when those instances actually happened. Yeah, I can see that. I'm also a resilience instructor, so I can see where that that comes into play. Examining the evidence of is it actually true that he's yeah. a total jerk or did he just forget or <laughs> you can ask him calmly like, and then right. or you can maybe if, you know even have an agreement at some point where you do the dishes instead or you know just come up with something right. rather than just yell at them the second you walk in the door and catch yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so the the emotional intelligence kind of moving on from that place is being able to regulate yourself in those moments and being able to guide your emotions, still listen to your emotions, still give them acknowledgement, but being able to guide them towards the ultimate outcome you want and into the outcome that is healthier for you and more supportive for you. Um, then dropping into reaction patterns that happen when frankly we're triggered and frankly like something happens and we have just this big surge of emotion through our body and we need to like navigate it in some kind of way so the emotional intelligence piece that I go through with my clients is noticing what emotions are coming up frequently for you learning how to release those emotions learning how to move them through your body and allow them to be seen allow them to be uh, expressed but in a way that's really like loving and supportive for you and other people and then in the moment when those reactions come into play how to navigate it in the moment so that you're building connection rather than conflict through your emotions through your words through the energy that is felt in the moment yeah, once again, great points. And I actually am I'm in the middle of reading a book that's similar to this. It talks about eight feelings that you just really don't want to feel. And a lot of people try to push them down and distract themselves. But um, mm-hmm. it's 90 Seconds to a Life You Love is the name of the book. But it mm-hmm. has a similar stuff where you you do want to feel the emotions. Like that's part of learning of you know how you react to things. And you know stopping yourself from feeling them is part of the problem for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And I also think that sometimes we feel emotions and 
they're not the true emotion that we're actually feeling. So for example, we might feel this surge of anger using the dishes scenario. Like we might feel this surge of anger when, and frustration when we see that our partner didn't do the dishes, but probably what's underneath that is a bit of sadness, like a bit of not feeling seen, a bit of not feeling appreciated, a bit of feeling disregarded. And so like often like these big picture emotions that we drop into because it's easy for our body, because it's reactive for our body, because it's, it's the natural tendency. Ultimately, those are just kind of like the top layer in what we're actually feeling. And if we can move past the anger, if we can allow that to cycle through our body to be released, to be expressed, ultimately, that's probably going to transform into what the actual emotion is and what the actual feelings are, which is feeling like you want love and support. You want to feel acknowledged. You want to feel like your partner is hearing you. Um, So I I often think like these big emotions that we feel often hold a deeper truth underneath them. And if we allow ourselves to express in a healthy way, we'll get to that place. And from that place, it actually builds the connection we're looking for. Yeah, as I say, I can see where if you recognize, you start to calm down, you're like, oh, actually, I wasn't angry at you as you're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm actually feeling sad that you said you would do it. And, you know, I, you gave me your word and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can see where that makes sense. Any more to say yeah. on the emotional intelligence side? Um, other- I mean, unless you have any uh, other thoughts and questions, no, I think I, I feel pretty uh, complete there. Yeah, I guess one thing that came up for back to the sabotage thing, if, like if you know you have the pattern to sabotage and you don't stop yourself, I guess you know, feel the feelings. Is there anything else besides those that can get you to stop sabotaging? Like, For example, I send a lot of texts when I Mm -hmm. am focused on just one man and I know they like Mm -hmm. a little mystery and you should, you know, be a little, you shouldn't send so many texts (laughs) or wonder where they are at all Mm -hmm. times and like feeling like they're, they've lost interest or like, why aren't, what are they doing that they don't like me anymore or something? Feelings like that. How do you, Mm -hmm. I guess I can go back to what I said, examine the evidence if it's true or not and anything else besides that. I guess I just answered my own question, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's examining the evidence of whether it's true or not. Right. But it's also like a little bit more than that in it's questioning what stories you're telling yourself as well from, from that behavior. And, um, this is where it gets interesting because like that, that topic, right. It's different for everybody. Everybody has that situation, but there seems to be like a universal tendency around texting and how much you should text or how much you shouldn't text and what that means about you and what it means about them. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts on this, but my initial thought on this is, um, (laughs) I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, we talk about mystery. I, I personally come from the standpoint of there, if, if you are consistently connecting with someone and peeling back the layers, there's always going to be more to learn and you don't necessarily need to hide anything because there's always more depth to a person. So I actually like (laughs) have the cheeky belief of like, I I think mystery is a bit overrated. And like, if, if you're trying to create a mystery about you, I also start to wonder, um, like what, is there something that you're trying to hide and why? Um, I think that's the other side to mystery that we don't talk about in terms of dating, in terms of relationships, in, ter- in terms of that conversation of do I text, do I not? Um, so that's the first thing I would say there. 
And then the second thing is like, how do I stop sabotaging myself and either sending too many messages or not enough? Or what does this mean? What this, what does this not mean? Um, I would say like in regards to that is ask yourself, what are you ultimately fearing and what are you ultimately worried about if he's not messaging you back? Because that could, that could give you some insight of where, perhaps there might be some self-building to do. For example, if you are afraid that he's not messaging back because you you because he doesn't find it interesting enough or because it's not as appealing or he has a better option, then that probably tells me that there's something to be said of of worthiness. Like are you do you feel worthy? Do you feel enough in who you are as you are? Do you feel like you are a prize in this dynamic right now? Do you feel like you are important in and of yourself right now? Um, because I think like if those feelings are consistently coming up, then it's an invitation to look inwards and see, okay, where are the sore spots, you know, within yourself. Um, and then a Another layer onto that, have you two even discussed, um, not you specifically, but just like in general, anybody, um, has there been a discussion about expectations, about the amount you can communicate in between dates and the amount you can communicate in relationships? Because I think oftentimes when people are afraid that someone else is not um, texting them back or anything like that, it kind of comes down to like, is there something that you're insecure about within yourself right now? Is there, has there been a communication, uh, exchange about expectations in the relationship? And also the third piece of that is most of the time people want a reply or want to text in like throughout the day because it, it, how fosters a sense of connection. So is there a way that you can foster a sense of connection with that person that does not involve texting at all? Um, and what would that look like to the relationship? So I have, I have a few different thoughts about that, but, but in terms of like sabotaging there, um, I, I think that it, it, it just involves some self-reflection and some introspection on, is this a me thing? Or is this a, we haven't set up these expectations in the relationship yet. And actually I just need those to be set to feel secure and how much I should. Um, and even in that statement, like you should or should not, like how much you desire to communicate in the day, how much you want to be in contact in the middle of the day. And if that is, uh, or not to the middle, whenever, but if that is able to happen based on his work schedule or her work schedule or whoever's schedule um, and expectations of the relationship as well. So that's what I would say there. Yeah, all great points. And yeah, it could either be a sign of something within you, like you said, or or the relationship itself you haven't discussed or you're not in agreement on communication potentially. So yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. And I think people see a lot of themselves in all, all three of the scenarios. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And I've definitely been in all three of the scenarios myself. So can confirm and it is it is a thing that we, we face as people in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, especially with all the modes of communication, you know, even social media mm-hmm. messaging and all that stuff. It used to just be phone calls and you didn't have, well, back in my day, I'm a little older, we didn't have even voicemail so answering machines. Like if the phone rang, the phone rang. Right. So, so yeah, it's a lot different now. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. So yeah. And then it gets into the third piece of embodiment, right? And I look at embodiment in two different um, components. I look at embodiment from the more um, subtle body, the emotional body from um, just from the uh, more spiritual sense of embodiment practices, which has a lot to do with movement, has a lot to do with energy. Um, And then also just the embodiment of Are you embodying the person you want to be? Are you backing your words and your actions into the alignment of who it is you desire to be and say that you are? And so for for the first piece of embodiment, um, when it comes to relationships, I would definitely encourage everybody to look into inner child healing and ask yourself, like, what, um, what does my inner child need here in terms of moving past a relationship or healing around a relationship or desiring to be seen in this rendition of the relationship. So getting into some inner child work, getting into some um, movement work to release some of the stories from our bodies, because just as much as we have stories in our mind and our thought processes, we have stories in our bodies and how our bodies react to certain situations, whether that's, um, someone yelled at you and you used to get yelled at a lot by a kid. And so your initial response is to go into fight mode is to go into yelling back. And you're trying to change that pattern within yourself that could involve some, um, some healing in the body and some releasing in the body and allowing that to be moved through the body. And then on the flip side of that in walking your talk. So I like to say in terms of that embodiment piece, it's, cool. Are you allowing what you say to be backed up by your actions, to be backed up by your belief systems? And are you acting in integrity with what it is you say you want and what it is you say you desire in all aspects of your life? Yeah, all of that's um, great stuff. And it made me think of two different books. The one you talked about, the body stuff, the one book that's really good, The Body Keeps the Score, about kind of childhood Mm -hmm. trauma, potentially. And the other one is getting the love you want, which is going, you know, um, talking about childhood patterns and like how you seek out partners, basically, that kind of remind you of your caretaker. So that's a really good one to figure out why you may be attracted to someone, you know, because of the, how they are with it, similar to your caretakers, potentially. All right. Any more to say on embodiment (laughs) or, um, or any last parting thoughts, not last because we have a few more minutes, but What's something you really, what's something you really want people to get? Like, what, what do you see? I know you mentioned that's how, why you're in this field, because you saw a lot of people needed this kind of work. And what, what maybe what some benefits you've seen when you've helped people get through these kinds of things or what you see works best? Yeah. Anything you want to talk about? Well, I think people's entire lives transform when they look at their relationships, because when you look at people, people are systems, structures are based off of relationships and how you relate to people. And that's how like the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People became so popular, right? Because it was it was starting to talk about relationships, especially in terms of workplaces. So I think like relationships, whether that's personal dating, whether that is family, whether that is work relationships, your work relationships influence um, or not just your work relationships, sorry, your ent- all of your relationships influence your life, how you show up at work, how you show up at home, how you show up for yourself. And so I think that everybody, you know, I, if we could have these classes in school, I would be the first person to advocate for like relationship communication classes, emotional intelligence classes, because I think it is absolutely priceless to how you show up in life. But 
take a look at your relationships because it changes everything. Um, it changes how fulfilled you are in life. It changes whether you get a raise or not. It changes how you um, navigate conflict and the results that come from that navigation. So I think that looking at your relationships in all areas is absolutely priceless. Priceless. I think everybody should do it. Um, and I, and I think that would be like my biggest thing to really, really say to people is it does matter. Um, it does matter how you engage in your relationships and to just kind of really say that you are like, you are so powerful. Like the power you have as a person and how you influence a room is, is big. And so be mindful of that. Be mindful of your power and embrace it. Like use it, use it to build connection, to build a better life for yourself and for everybody else. Cause it's there. Um, and I think it does hold a very strong influence. So if I had a closing thought, it would be that, um, to, to really look at these areas because it makes a difference. Yeah, it reminds me of, I told someone at work, you know, she was very influential, but it was not necessarily in the positive way. So I'm like, use your power for good, you know, not evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, you have a good influence right. on people. You can influence people, yeah, but you know, choose the choose the better version of that. So yeah. and Absolutely. Yeah. And I, mean, it, I guess it. I've, we've had other episodes um, on like, defining the relationship, which is kind of goes back to the communication styles and then love languages, Mm -hmm. where if you have similar love languages, that helps to, or at least knowing each other's love language to know what each other needs and the way they express love. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's so you so concisely brought all this to the topic. Usually I try to go 30 minutes, but I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) We we may have pretty much covered uh, all the necessary stuff. So hopefully everyone enjoyed the episode. And thank you very much. Yeah, Lucy. absolutely. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah, and and also, if, if do you want to do you want to share your socials, or I can also put it in the description. But if yeah. you have on Instagram or so, yeah, go ahead. Whichever one you have, I want to share. Yeah. <laughs> So you can find me, uh, my website is shiftyourstory.net. So you're welcome to find me there. But you can also find me on Instagram at lucy.m as in Michaela.price. Um, I spend a lot of time over on Instagram. And then you're also welcome to join my Facebook group, The Heartful Collective, uh, if that is something that you want to just join a community, um, a community of women or folks who identify as gender non-binary are, are very, very much welcome in that space. And so if you're looking to build connections with other people, to deepen your own power, to learn about relating and relationship uh, practices and tools, I would love to have you in there. All right. Thank you for that. And hope you enjoyed this episode of straight from the source's mouth, everyone. Uh, first episode of season two and we're recording in January but probably going to be out in early February so just FYI not that it, all the listeners will not know this <laughs> but, <laughs> so hope it's uh, usable uh, for me <laughs> <laughs> yes and we could yeah <laughs> alright thanks everyone goodbye Frank's off Frank's off sex and dating educates